0: dine we dash we podcast this is the dine and dash podcast with matt dean pettit and jeff cole
1: hey guys how you doing okay and welcome back to another episode of dine and dash podcast i'm your host matt dean pettit and beside me is my amazing co-host
0: Jeff Cole. Hey, hey, hey.
1: How are you, sir? Hey. Well, today is a, um, we're going to change up the format a bit of our show because as you guys know, we've had a tragic accident happen and nine lives were lost on Sunday recently here. So as you know, we normally have on the Dine and Dash podcast, we do a dine portion where we talk through a really fun recipe that's usually some kind of whether it's sports-based or event-based or what have you. And we usually have some kind of Uh, We have a guest inside that's going to usually match that pairing, but today we thought we'd sort of change it up a bit and strictly stick to what we want to talk about and what we need to talk about, which is, you know, remembering our sports idols and specifically Kobe Bryant and the nine lives that we were lost. So in front of us today is a real honor. We have Dan Gladman, who is an amazing uh, producer of sports and is a basketball uh, junkie 101.
2: Dan, thank you so much for being here my pleasure you, you're that was too kind of an introduction i'm just <laughs> I, a guy just a guy just yeah, a guy that knows a lot guy, about sports Jeff. i do know i know my nba I, i'll i will cop to that but Fair enough. anything else
1: so tell us about that so just i know that you're i know your background so being an nba person you know and we're gonna deep dive sort of as to the flow of the show today but what what brought you to basketball right away what was the, the love what was the connection
2: yeah uh, honestly uh basketball found me as a child um i was about Twelve years old in in junior high, and I went out and tried out for the basketball team. This was 1986, maybe even 1985. You know, this is a uh, I know my first finals that I watched game every game every minute was 86 finals Celtics yeah. against Houston Rockets. Right, and I've just been pretty much obsessed with it since then. I, I had a car in high school. My I can't believe I'm admitting this. My license plate was Hoops G. Amazing uh no no totally cool that's out there now i would have liked i actually still have the plates really yeah Yeah. i hope you
1: have that up because that's one of those things you put in your office like hoops g you know what it might be it might be on my facebook page i don't know i I haven't checked it. jeff if you if you had that jeff you'd probably wear it around your your neck as like a
0: yeah i would i like to wear things big bling yeah big bling
2: yeah Halloween, halloween 2020 how, 2020 yeah. this is happening goes hoops g
1: right No, you have to <laughs> yes. you yes. have to the, the og so right. your 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 love for basketball in in 80 was it 86 you said was it celtics that won there or was it houston
2: the celtics won that year they beat the twin towers right. Olajuwon and samson And right. then Olajuwon would not even get to the finals again until 94 right and uh samson never won
1: right he never won but Olajuwon won that in 94 right correct he did. yeah 94 95 Versus Shaq.
2: the dream I think it was uh, 94 was the Knicks Ewing Knicks. and 95, yeah. he defeated Shaq and right. the magic. Yep.
1: I love that was, you know, as we're talking about sort of our ages and our span, I guess this is sort of brings me to we're, we're close in age and we're up, Jeff and I are the same age. So I think it, you know, for me, it was, was it 86, you mentioned 85, 86. That's when Jordan was drafted. Was it 85?
2: Jordan was drafted in the 84 draft Eighty four. he would have been I probably rookie of the year in the 84 85 season. Right. But then he broke his foot. I remember this. Right. And he only played about 20 games in 86 and yeah. the team didn't really want him to come back, but he said, no way I'm playing. Right. And that was the year he, he scored 63 in a playoff game. The bulls still lost. Right. But that was the, the famous was line. That Celtics. It was the Celtics. Right. And that's the game where Larry Bird said, I don't know who this michael jordan is he, he, he's god disguised as michael jordan it's amazing
1: i actually have uh, a clip of this so my dad knew i was a massive basketball fan and he did an amazing thing and he would clip out you know all the newspaper uh, little clippings from you know the toronto sun back then and toronto star probably actually more and at the end of the day there wasn't a ton as you know we didn't get a ton of coverage up here at that time basketball was so still new and you know as the early adopters i also too and i know you love playing basketball in high school and junior school you know, that's what built that love too. I remember watching like, you know, come fly with me with Michael Jordan and all of those old movies. And you'd just be like, this is, this is amazing. So I think, you know, which really brings us into what I wanted to talk about Jeff and I on this show with you today, Dan is, you know, what really sets, we, I could just tell by speaking to you, you know, your passion for basketball, your passion for your stars and passion for your craft, you know, Jeff, you know, I know that you and I've talked about this and setting this up. What, I guess the question for today's show is what really makes stars, superstars, and which almost takes them from like a superstar level to almost like an iconic superhuman person that really walks this earth. And, you know, the, we've seen this in this episode really hits home because of the death of, of obviously Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the nine people involved. So I think I wanted to open that up, Jeff, like what's your take, what makes athletes almost larger than life?
0: For me, kind of like, I'll think back to my sort of idols as a as a kid growing up I think like my first one would have been well Larry Bird because I had his I had his backboard like his Fisher Price basketball net that I got in for I think it was my fifth Christmas amazing when I was like four and so I had a I had a grown man's face (laughs) in my like playroom that I would you know every time I go up for a shot or a dunk or whatever I'd be looking at this weird grown man's face but I mean, I don't know if it's the all... hick from French lick. Sure. There. Okay, great. Thanks for coming. No problem. So maybe for, for me, it's it's like, in what other situation are you? I mean, aside from what they do on the court, right? Yeah. Off the court, they're everywhere, Yeah. you know, or, on, you know, on the ice or in the, on the field, like athletes are, they're not just playing a game. They're not, we're not just watching them once and that's it. They're everywhere. They're in, in you know, ensconced in pop culture. And I don't know if that's what makes them superhuman or such like you know larger than life yeah but i wonder if just they're sort of in your face all the time in a great way i mean is that like they're just ingrained sort of like a like a superhero and larry was
1: larry was literally staring at you for probably 10 years of your life in your room
0: yeah until eventually i left that backboard out in the rain and it melted i
1: was gonna say maybe you replaced that with pamela anderson at the time maybe a poster
0: (laughs) i think it It would have been on your age right no it would have been um the other one from baywatch Oh. what was her name uh erica erica oh, yeah, ellen e. yeah
1: yeah erica eckhart erica it was something but yes.
2: yeah yeah right yeah i'm remembering this Dan. i know pop culture man you do
1: you do you're gonna you're a beautiful addition on this show i remember watching that for the first time her name was shawnee
0: on the uh was it yeah 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 you guys
1: you guys came to play here at dine and dash today dan how about yourself so what really you know what separates what makes these heroes these athletes, heroes?
2: Well, there's something aspirational in in these people and uh, you know you can't just you can't just point to athletes but obviously that's what we're talking about you know um as a as a young kid a little boy a little girl you see these people doing something that you like to do and you can't help but picture yourself walking in their shoes making the winning shot being in the commercial being in the poster um you know, you, you you see it no more than, than in Kobe Bryant, the way he carried himself on the basketball court and in life. It was so obvious that Michael Jordan was his hero. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there there was something on uh, Twitter, you know, the day of the crash where somebody showed Kobe's movements on the court and how they literally 100% replicated what the way Jordan, and not just a shot or a, a fadeaway but how he carried himself on the swagger. court, how, the swagger, how yeah. he would speak to officials, how he would speak to teammates. It's unbelievable. And, you know, I, I think it, it starts when you're very young, when you're a child, you know, your parents are role models, obviously, but you see these people over and over out in the world. And I think we can't help but look up to them, want to be a little bit like them, even if in our mind, we know we can't, but there's something about them. And I think that's truly mm. what makes these people the superstars is, is our – innate desire to be just like them right
1: and i you know it's interesting so yesterday was day one of the super bowl of media day as we know and i believe you know seeing and hearing all those reports it's actually the first time that essentially you know the largest event for obviously the nfl that happens throughout the year was shut down because all of the conversation was around kobe Bryant and you know what happened with this tragedy and it was interesting they were asking all these different athletes and to your point you know, there was uh, Greg Kittle from the, the tight end from San Francisco, who was dominant and amazing player. He said, I wore number eight in high school. I had my shoes painted, you know, in the, in the, uh, the and purple. And, you know, he was speaking of his life and that's a football player that's an NFL football player. It went through about, you know, 18 or different athletes and they weren't talking about the game and you guys know very well media day at the NFL is usually a bit of a circus it was all about Kobe Bryant and what he transcended and what he meant to these other athletes that aren't even in the same sport. It was pretty, you know, pretty, pretty crazy
2: to uh, to see. And I think, I don't know if I've heard someone say the Kobe effect. Right. Um, But, but what the way Kobe carried himself and his dedication to the sport, the craft as you hear some people say it did. It carries over into other sports, the way he, used his platform to become an international superstar, just because just because he was so good at basketball. But why was he so good at basketball? He dedicated it to himself in a way that again, ed, any professional athlete should aspire to do so of course, for them to see this death at the age of 41, of one of you know, the greatest athletes who's ever stepped out of the United States, mm-hmm. um, it, it obviously has an impact on literally everybody in in the culture and certainly everybody in pro sports
1: you talk you know you talk about the the echo of the kobe effect i i found found something yesterday and you know and this has obviously been everywhere on social media and, and rightfully so but kobe Bryant had 10 rules essentially that he listed was number one follow your passion and the reason i bring this up because dan you bring up a good point where it doesn't necessarily kobe doesn't just mean something to athletes you know jeff this is what you do you know dan you're a producer in basketball and in sports, you know, that we can live these these traits or these ten rules in all of walks of life. You know, if you're working at a Dairy Queen or what have you. So number one, follow your passion. Number two, find mentors. Number three, outwork everyone. And that's actually bolded. I love that he's bolded that in uh, in golden purple. Uh, don't feel failure. Have patience, love the game, which could mean anything to you. Uh, find new challenges, focus, create something timeless. And number 10 be it be a legend amazing right like it's just something that uh you need to use these principles jeff
0: well i try to use them especially now i'll, I'll just put this back to you i worked at you talk about dairy queen i worked at an ice cream place when i was 16 <laughs> and that summer i tell you when it was when it came down to who's making the best sunday or um quote, Dip cone. Unquote, well oh man i would i would do like different layers of dip i would oh, do half and half dips wow. no one was doing that back then no i was a legend at curly q
1: that was literally what mid 90s
0: that was 97
2: 97 I think. good year it was a great year but i mean why wouldn't you want to be great at at anything you do you know you you see it we we were all young teenagers and we had these summer jobs and minimum wage i'm trying to I mean, I think I got paid five bucks an hour. I I worked at Canada's Wonderland last summer. Nice. Nice. And, you know, I kind of liked it. I meant funnel cakes for life. Made new friends and everything. But why not go in there and just try to do the best you can at it every day? I mean, you're there, someone's paying you to do it. Totally. But there is, you know, sometimes you see those people in the minimum wage jobs and they're not, you can tell they're not enjoying themselves or they don't really put any effort into the work. And, you know, you kind of want to pull them aside and say, Come on, do the double layer dip. Yeah, you could be a legend at this. You well,
1: could be Jeff, just like Jeff Cole.
2: But literally, I mean, stuff sticks out
0: though. And you know what? I I I find double I was going through uh, Stratford, Ontario at, at Christmas time, and my wife and I went through a Tim Hortons drive-through, and this the woman who was working the drive-through, she was just working the mic and like everyone who was in line, and it was a lineup like thirty deep. And she was entertaining, she was making jokes. When he came up to the window, we asked if we could get, I asked for a soda water. <laughs> and the, the younger kids there didn't know what a soda water was. And she's like, you want a soda? I'm like, here, take it. And she's like, and I'm like, okay, well, do we have to pay for the cup as you Did your,
1: she think you were American by asking for a soda water?
0: Don't talk about me in soda water. I'm just asking. No, okay.
1: yes, maybe. That's one of your rules, right? Kobe has 10, that's one of yours, Fair. don't
0: ask. But just to, to your point, like be a legend, like she, I, she was a- She was a legend. To all those people yeah. in line, She was a legend. I guarantee everyone walked away that day talking about her. And that's what, and as you are, absolutely. And And I still, it's it's stuck in my head. Right. And I think that's a thing, a major thing about, you know, these athletes is, you know, whether it be a massive home run, whether it be like a crazy windmill dunk or just hearing about that guy who's on the court, you know, two hours for everybody else, like it sticks in your brain and it's like, oh, wow. Like that really made an impact on my day.
1: I think, you know, it's interesting point because as we know, you know, Kobe was a a flawed, flawed person as we all are. We're no one in this world is perfect um and a lot of people have referenced sort of with his passing that you know we should be calling heroes maybe more to doctors firefighters police officers and i don't think you know with his death and people calling him a hero and really acknowledging what he did and and sharing their love on social media as we all do now i don't think it's taking away it's just it's just showing that there's that pure passion and sports is that sometimes released for most people you know as you talked about dan you're growing up as a kid it sounds like that was your outlet, like basketball was your outlet. That was your thing. Like, what was, you know, do you agree with that? Sentiment? Because I know there was some debate between we should be not really focusing on, again, it's horrible that he died and people recognize that, but a lot of people sort of tried to turn the story around and put it on the fact that we should be focused more on true heroes.
2: I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of people who will, will see an opportunity when there's a big news story like this to raise different ideas. Um, the fact that Kobe Bryant, other athletes, musicians, movie stars are, are huge stars in, in our lives doesn't take away from the fact that what doctors and teachers do right. is, is important work. I, it's just that, you know, I won't, I wouldn't pay $500 to go watch a doctor perform <laughs> surgery. Depends right. on well, the surgery.
1: It's reminds me of Seinfeld. Depends. Remember with the, uh, Junior <laughs> Mints.
2: Right. I, 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 that do that. I do remember what that I do remember that great episode sorry no not, not at all like it's sports are what take takes us out of our lives in fact a, a good friend of mine um is a doctor and I remember him saying to him one day I I admire what you do I I can't believe you check in people in an emergency room and you help them and he said well I I can't believe what you do you produce basketball games I come home from work I don't have to think about anything for two hours but it, I, I don't think it's a worthwhile argument. Show business has established itself as what it is. Yeah. There's only so many people in the world who can do it, who can s- strive at it and do it for 5, 10, 15 years and, and stay at that level. So if Kobe Bryant pl- had 20 years of adulation, making $30 million a year for being a basketball player and Leonardo DiCaprio makes 30 million dollars for every movie he makes that is the market price for those people and the the general day-to-day people we appreciate that there's a doctor and a dentist that will help us in our time of need but wow this guy can score 30 points in an nba game i don't know anybody personally in my life who could do that i know this guy here can be a doctor and that girl there can be a dentist yeah Mm -hmm. that's it
1: just further adds to the point of you know how they get from you know, local legends and athletes to superstars, to these hero status. So as we know, you know, the nine victims. And the one thing that I want to talk about is that a lot of, as you you know, you're, you're in media and, and Jeff, you are as well. The story is obviously built around Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gigi, because those are the two names that everybody does know. But there's, there were seven other people on board that plane that, you know, it's nice to see over the last few days that some attention or maybe the last 24 hours, more attention is going to it. So, you know, I just want to, you know, speak to those names as well. That's um, John Altebelli, Carrie Altabelli, his daughter, Alyssa Altabelli, Sarah Chester and Peyton Chester, her daughter, Christina Mauser. And Ara Zobayan, who was the pilot, which was a very recognized well pilot that was, as you guys probably heard and saw, he was teach he was a teacher uh, and looked after, the, I guess the Kobe Bryant family because Kobe owned this helicopter. You know, all of these everything we talked about and and going back to Kobe specifically was all cut short in that moment and and so forth, what equally, you know, tragic as as these seven other people. One thing I want to talk about is where I guess, The second chapter, Dan, you mentioned sort of the second chapter of what being cut short at 41 years old and in Gigi's Gigi's case, 13 years old, you know, what was going to happen? You know, he in 2018, Kobe won an Academy Award, which I'm sure you can very much appreciate for his short doc. The uh, was it deer basketball, basketball. right? I I just saw that for the first time yesterday. Have You've seen it. Yeah. Great. have you seen it Jeff I haven't seen it yet okay now you have to because I well, haven't seen to.
0: it I've wanted to see it I just it's you know life gets but life gets in
1: the way and you I but. I didn't see it until I had to watch it and I was like I was bawling throughout the whole thing what's your thoughts on you know sports athletes really jumping to the focus of you know LeBron has his media studio and company and Kobe has had his god bless what's your thoughts on this whole thing and even just the basketball doc deer basketball itself
2: well it is fascinating what athletes do in their second act, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like for so many years we've heard about, you know, the NBA player who he had nine kids from eight different women. Sean Kemp, Sean. <laughs> he burned through one hundred and eighty million dollars. It's all gone. Where's the money? Don't go? name names. What? Antoine Walker. Antoine Walker was, is the one that, that always comes to mind. Making buckets. I mean, it, it's just it's so hard to fathom. And here we have in this, this, this generation of these last 20 years, you see these guys making the most of it. Now, Mm -hmm. um, Shaquille O'Neal, I I read his autobiography and the one thing of it that really stood out is that he invested in Google as a kid. Credible. Now, like, wow. did did that come
1: from good coaching? Did that it come came from, from better
2: finding the right investor, right? The right financial advisor. Right. I remember that when Gmail came out, before it was a, a
0: public thing, before okay. everybody could get it, they sent invitations, and I remember Shaq was one of the very first wow. guys to get a Gmail account, and it was like the biggest deal, and that was I think two
2: thousand three or two thousand four, and I remember that. Well, he, Still... he he comes out of university college probably ninety two. Yeah. LSU signs a signs a big contract and somebody brings them this thing, you know, you want to invest a hundred thousand dollars in Google in 1992 or 1993 or whatever. And you know, to me, well, it starts with Jordan obviously, but, and magic Johnson, you know, he opened those movie theaters and Starbucks in Mm -hmm. in very tough parts of Los Angeles, knowing that no criminal element would ever touch it because it's magic Johnson and that no one's going to hurt magic Johnson. So, You know, now you're seeing what these guys can do. And and a guy like Kobe Bryant, who's just so charged with competitiveness, Mm -hmm. obviously he now wants to go into the next aspect of his career and be the best at that Mm -hmm. and win Academy Awards, make more money and be a leader. And I think that's part of so many elements of the tragedy of this are, Mm -hmm. holy cow, what could this guy have done in the next 20, 25 years that could have, affected change, impacted individual people, and really possibly changed the world for the better. I mean, I don't want to say this is a guy who could have run for president, but but he could have, he ran could for have run for president. He could yeah. have
1: absolutely in the world that we live in. Now I'd put it, listen, the rock, the rock's got a shot in there, right? <laughs> Anyone yeah. does now. Right. Touche. We're getting uh, Jeff Cole, twenty twenty-four.
0: Well, I don't, I don't have my, uh, my dual. Uh, <laughs> well, can citizen. we get,
1: would you have nexus?
0: No, but I should. That should work. I, I feel like I should get an honorary nexus. We just gotta of my get job, your face. So.
1: You sh- you do need an honorary. You're border yeah, security. I should be. You are to, the border security. I should be. This to. is something you would not want to announce on your border security show. This tragic news. No. It would be devastating. Yeah. I think that's a good lead, in, and thanks, Dan, for the insight on that. So, you know, with with the breaking news on Sunday, uh, you've been in, involved in basketball and sports for many, many years with the, how it came over the network um, and this is a, various networks, you know, different announcers all throughout the NBA, uh, pop culture, everybody announcing how it was, w- w- you know, where did that take you? Cause I asked you off mic, you know, sort of where, where you were, how did you hear it and how did it really affect you? Because this is something that's so close to you and, and your heart, you know, what you do on a daily basis.
2: Yeah. I mean, in my uh, previous life, I, I would have been in San Antonio, producing the Raptors game there a, a different crew was there and uh, I didn't watch a lot of it, but I think they handled it marvelously. Yeah. Um, you had professional broadcasters, Matt Devlin, Leo Routens, who they knew what to say. They knew how to carry the moment. And, and quite honestly, a lot of it was them just being themselves, right? Being who you are, being the human being who has interacted, has known Kobe Bryant has known people in his circle. And you're just so devastated for the people who are immediately impacted by that. and, and it affects it's going to affect your day at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but but true professionals like that are able to get through it. You know in the news industry, you know something like that, a big story like that, as tragic as it is, it's a news opportunity. Sure and, and you saw on CNN, yeah. MSNBC, all the big anchors came rushing in totally. on, on their day off on Sunday to be part of this, knowing that this went from a helicopter crash with nine people into the biggest news event thus far in, in 2020. I mean, right totally. up there with the, you know, it's the impeachment, the yep. coronavirus, and Kobe Bryant. I know. And and really who who everyone will remember January twenty twenty yeah. for those three things. And who the hell else knows what happened? No um I don't really remember what the question was well but no the, no do media... you yeah
1: you answered it you answered the, just how how we you know you received the news Jeff how about yourself where were you and what were you doing when when you heard the news
0: Kobe's passing I got it on no who somebody texted me someone texted me I I can't recall who but as soon as I did obviously the first thing you do is jump on social media mm-hmm. and I looked and I was like oh shit yes here it is and like but it's 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 so like, it's, he's such a big figure. It's like, no way. Yeah. Not you you Kobe. don't think it's You don't think no it's true. Can't be. Nobody, Nobody believed it. it. Like, it's, no it's almost like it's a joke. No one. It's and like,
1: it's Colby Bryant. But yeah. to your point and sort of why we did not believe it is if I'm not mistaken, was it not TMZ that announced it first? Apparently. Even, yeah. Apparently. Apparently.
2: Allegedly. Uh, I mean, it was, um, they did announce it. I, I think w- their reputation is that maybe they would jump the gun on yeah. it. But it came filtering out quite quickly after that. Mm. And all you had to do was go to go to Twitter, turn on CNN. And right away, you saw that helicopter on the ground in flames. And you knew right away, you know, TMZ was right now. It was just a matter of what are the details? Who else was on there? But it was so crystal clear that it was it was Kobe Bryant's helicopter. And immediately you just feel it. And yeah, and then, you know, then you go into the that moment when that helicopter took off and they knew the weather wasn't great. And you're like, in that moment, I know, could something could a different decision have been made, but then it, Kobe's been using this helicopter or a helicopter for years, for years. For years. So they've probably every game. Apparently. In, yeah. So they, every probably game, I didn't know that. Weather. Wow. Right. Every, and you know, the
1: thing too, that, that pilot was a, a really, really well-respected pilot. He was actually given special clearance for the passing through that weather pattern, which most people weren't. that was based on where he was his skill set so like people did did give him you know the the green light yeah it's just one of those when you do look back and i guess it's like any other tragedy you look back and say like why did it have to happen could you not have taken the car and i get you know we're just sort of throwing out
0: scenarios and it sort of puts things it just i mean not to get too philosophical but it puts everything in perspective in that you take one step to the right you you know make one decision you you know make one call you do one thing Mm -hmm. And that can affect, I mean, it can affect everything. Yeah. Nothing is, nothing's promised. No. You know, like, I mean, I could fall off the stool and land on a big spike, but there isn't a big spike. But, no,
1: but someone it could, could bring one in. It, somebody could.
2: You're, you're right. Like the families that got invited, yeah, just come with us on I the know, helicopter. Yeah, I know. You know, it could have been, it was this girl and her dad, but it could have been that girl yeah. and mm-hmm. her dad mm-hmm. because they live closer. Yeah. And it, it, it could have come down to something as minute mm. as that. A, a split second decision. For sure, we we all take our safety for granted. Yeah, literally every moment of the day. I know.
0: Well, and and as that, it's like the Buddy Holly Big Bopper. There was four of them that were going to get on this plane, and they drew straws, and right. one of them didn't get the straw. And He's the sole survivor.
2: He, he was yeah. And he thought he was losing. He was gonna have to Drive in the snow all night. That's it. You're absolutely right. Yeah,
1: you know, there was that line going around on the internet, something of the lines like, you know you you never returning or leaving home is, uh, is never a certainty. It's never a, a full promise. You know, there was all these different thoughts and and people, you know, quotes that were going online. It was just so, so devastating and, and sad. Where does this Dan, you know, in reference to say like a 1989 the world series game, the battle of the Bay for baseball for our listeners, which was an, an earthquake earthquake that happened uh, right during an Al Michaels production and, and uh, producing segment when he was live on air or say Howard Cosell with John Lennon's death announcement in 1989. Also, uh, it was in December, where does this rank for you in terms of sports media and, you know, impact moments that the world's, yeah, that's,
2: released? that's, uh, I mean, I think that's just going to depend who you are and what era you're from and right. what year you were born. Uh, and th- those are, those are big ones to me, the earthquake, you know, uh, there's the, the OJ car chase. right? What mm-hmm. was yeah. a big one the, the, that the goes on there. The one that's going to stand out for me is 1972 Olympics, Munich, Germany. Sure. Oh yeah. the, um, the, the Israeli yeah. athletes were kidnapped yeah. and I, I think it was, oh, was he Jim McKay? I can't believe I'm forgetting yeah. his name. I think it, it was Jim McKay, Jim McKay and they had to interrupt a live event I remember and he comes that. on and he says, they're gone. They're gone. Oh, they're right. all gone. Right.
1: In those exact words, that was it. And and I feel, I feel like,
2: you know, is, is this, I, I think, um, this moment itself, no, one's really going to remember that they were watching a game when the news came on, I mean, I was watching the Witcher, right. Um, (laughs) but, uh,
1: Nicely done by the way too. Oh, right. What? what a
2: show. Oh <laughs> I still God. haven't. Oh, I just started last week. And it is astonishing. And I, 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 we can talk about this stuff on this podcast. Of right course here. we can. Okay. Oh, yeah. so as I'm watching it, I'm like, yeah, they're kind of borrowing a lot from Game of Thrones here. And then I, I spoke to my friend, Akil Augustine. And he said, Well, yeah, but the books, Came out before so there you the Game of Thrones. Ah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and it's it's this Polish author, and they, okay. they started as some short stories, and they turned into novels. You know, you you have to enjoy wizardry and magic tricks mm-hmm. and sure. science fiction yeah. like that. But if you're into that, or once you get past that, um, incredible show with just a depth to the characters that is very rarely seen on television.
1: You've got a new show. You're gonna be binge watching now tonight.
2: <laughs> well, and see the best thing
0: about it is because I've never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones. Wow. wow. So I can, yeah, I'm getting, Erica's giving me a look Producer over
1: there. Eric even gave a little look over there. So
0: the best thing Give is that I eye. can go into this fresh and, and not have something to compare it to and then go in and
2: watch Game of Thrones. Have you watched Mad Men? I mean, <laughs> no. Sopranos? Sopranos. What have you been doing all these years? while I've been in my room watching TV. Right. Here's the thing. I gotta tell you, I my
0: attention span is very <laughs> short. And oh, did you see the dog? Oh, how cute. Um, so Jeff Cool. Movies, TV, like I have stuff on in the background, but it takes certain things I can focus on for right. Like, for instance, one of the only things I can focus on is a bloody basketball game. Yeah. I can't focus on yeah. a hockey game, and I'll be honest, baseball, I used to be obsessed i used to watch it religiously every night in the summer i would watch a, a jays game catch a taste now it ha- catch the taste milk's a hit <laughs> but now it's basketball is so it's the most i just need to say this basketball to me is the it's like watching a season of a show there's mm-hmm. ups and downs and the draw it changes from you know, for who's winning to losing. It's so, it fast. It's so fast. It's interesting in a, in a way that hockey is hockey is also very quick, but it's doesn't, the outcome doesn't change so rapidly. Mm-hmm. Whereas basketball, every 20, 30, 40 seconds, there's a new score and it's a whole new story. And I, I mean, that's my show. So if, unless a show is, you know, all over the place like yeah. that, I'm not, I there's don't a lot really of stimulus attention. in a
2: basketball game. There's yes. a lot to cheer for or be upset about. That's right. Right. Yeah.
1: So I think we should talk, you know, we, we, why don't we jump right in there? So you being a producer, especially on basketball, of course, Dan, so, you know, what, what is some of your favorite, what, let me ask this question first, sorry. Did you ever over the years get a chance to interact specifically with Kobe in any way around
2: Uh, you're working? Yes, I did. And it was, it was one time, um, I I had the now, what I'll consider an honor. Um, it would have been, I think it was December of 2000. Um, I was working at what was then called CTV Sportsnet. Yep. And I had pitched a story about players coming directly from high school to the NBA because there had been a, a bunch of them in the mid 90s and now they were in their third, fourth, fifth years sure. and they had proven that this could be done. Yeah. You know, Colby being a great example, yeah. Kevin, Kevin Garnett, Garnett yeah. um, also at, at that time. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine
1: O'Neill? Did Jermaine O'Neal come out of yeah
2: uh, he did yep. he did right he would have been he would he have been caught, a, yeah. a shining example. He at He was. That I, point too. I think he was
0: the youngest. Uh, he was like the youngest to come in at at eight. Kobe and was. Six Kobe
2: was when he was seventeen. Well,
0: yeah, but to actually start playing. Oh, I Jermaine think O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal was right. the youngest.
2: I think, you might, I think you're right. Yeah, it was you're eighteen
0: right. years and six days. Nicely
2: believe. done, Jeff. That's cool. little things, man. Yeah, right? you just pulled that one. He does right right out of your the Wikipedia in your brain.
1: So
0: good.
2: Yeah. I like, and okay, so we got to hear Jeff, we're giving you praise, but
1: I want to hear about Dan's moment with Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Let's turn the show around.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, no, but I need to hear this. (laughs) Right. So, uh, before the games, there's a, a media period where you're allowed to go into the locker room. This is about 90 minutes before the game approach a player in the locker room with a camera, with a mic off mic, and just ask questions for a story that you may or may not be working on. So I was working on the story and I I pitched it to the assignment desk at CTV Sportsnet. And uh, so sure enough, they assigned me a camera and Kobe was kind of walking onto the court and I just said, Hey, Kobe, mind doing a couple of questions. I I didn't think too much about it because I was doing this regularly with other teams and other players, you know, but I knew I wanted to talk to Kobe for the story. I also grew up a Lakers fan. I had already at this point in my life, been a Lakers fan for 15 years and Kobe had just won the title in June. Magic
1: so, or worthy not to get off topic, but who, who's your guy?
2: Oh, magic. Okay. I magic mean, man. oh, I oh, like, I love James worthy of course, too. Of course. And I, I've, I've met both of them. And in fact, I met James worthy in LA while I was wearing the James. Worthy no! socks.
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course. The big goggles. <laughs> right.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. So them. that was, that was hilarious. That yeah, was no kidding. I just, I should have, did he comment?
1: Them. Did he comment on the socks? Did I he show them? Him. Okay, cool.
2: Big, big game
1: James. Big game James socks. is right. I had a you chance know? to meet him in Toronto last year. Was it last year? He came 2018, I believe here. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. Anyway, yeah, he's, sorry.
2: He's a, they're all, these are gr- great guys. Ambassadors you know? of the game. hundred yeah. percent. They, they've come to Toronto. They've been in Canada. They mm-hmm. represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so I get this in, little interview with Kobe, And the one thing I remember, the question I asked was, um, how do you, how did you know as a 17, 18 year old, and probably before that, that you could come to the NBA where traditionally guys need to play in college or they need to play professionally in Europe. They need, they don't just come from high school and be one of the best players. Mm -hmm. How did you know you would be able to attain this? And he said, he said, actually, it's a really easy question to answer. I, I was willing to do the work. I knew how much work I would have to do. I was willing to do it and I'm going to continue doing it. You know, we, we talk about, you talked about superstars earlier and we all think, these people are born into it and they're great basketball players. Now, Kobe kind of was born into it. His dad was a professional Mm -hmm. player, but he could just mirror what he saw from his dad and take it to next levels. You have to work at it constantly every day, hours a day. And that's what this guy did. And he wanted to, he had a joy in it. You know, he, he would work for eight hours in a gym Mm -hmm. in the off season. Mm -hmm. The games were easy to him, right? He had worked so much preparing, preparing his body and his mind and his skills. And he knew he was going to do it. He wouldn't have, I, I don't think he would have gone into the NBA and loafed right. and just collected checks. Like so many of them totally. actually, did. And I, yeah.
1: you know, I, I saw, you know, just with so much media attention going on, obviously the last couple of days, they talked about, there were so many people that Kobe said when he was 17, 18, maybe at 19, he said, there were so many people that wanted me to fail. And I needed to be better and I needed to be the best at that age. You know, the stories of him putting up a thousand thousand shots a day in the gym, you know, getting up at 3 a.m., you know, he would go right to the gym, either to the gym or to put up shots every single day, to your point. It's like that Mamba mentality.
2: Not even just shots, though. I mean, I I was listening to uh, the NBA station on Sirius XM, and they had Samaki Walker on, who was a teammate, I think, yeah, came over from San Antonio, and, and he was talking about how They'd get to practice, and Kobe had already been there for two hours. Ah. So he wanted to come the next day and and see. And Kobe, he said, Kobe was doing these drills where he would jump, pivot, land, right. fake the guy out, and and he, and Samaki Walker said, and he didn't even shoot. Right. And he would do this for an hour, right. Just practicing without the movements. ball. It's amazing. He might have had the ball, but he did not finish it by right. taking a shot. It right. was all about having the timing and the mechanics of the fake or yeah. the landing or whatever it took. And it's it's that attention to detail. Absolutely, You know, you think about that with doctors, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. that that that's how this guy approached basketball. He worked so hard at it that you when you saw him play, you were looking at a, a genius at it. It, sure. it wasn't just a great athlete. It, it was so much more
1: the games almost slower for people like that, right? For these superstars, these iconic athletes that the game seems slower. I know um, a few years ago, I had an opportunity to meet, you know, different sport, but similar point in conversation was Gary Roberts from the Leafs, and we were in a social setting and we were just having uh, a chat and a hang, and it was uh, over a beer, actually, he's a great guy, and I asked him straight up, I just got, I said, Gary, I'll never talk to you about sports, but I'm going to ask you just one question. He goes, yeah, of course, Matt. And I asked him, who is the best player that you've ever played with? And Gary Roberts is an amazing athlete, you know, arguably one of the best of his, uh, his time period. And he said, Sidney Crosby. And it was for every single word that you just said, you know, Sidney Crosby put in so much more time than any single other player and they just forced them. They willed their way to be the best. It's like that mem, that, what is it? The Mamba mentality. Yeah. That's like what you got, Jeff. Don't you have that tattoo? I do. Right.
0: Yeah. It's uh, That's my stamp, my <laughs> tramp stamp. On the back. I, I call it now a champ stamp because, you know. <laughs> you don't want to be rude. It's Kobe. It's Kobe. Um, Yeah, but I mean, like you said, I mean, I'm just going to jump on that. I mean, any person who's incredibly successful at what they do, I mean, there's very few people who fall into something and are just like people who really hone their craft and spend that time and work their asses off doing it and doing it. And and they're the ones who are going to be incredibly successful and intimidate others in their field because, I mean, people were not only was Kobe the best, like at the... Top, in my opinion, top top three shooters players, like you know, of all time. Of course. Um, but Obviously. intimidation is a huge mm-hmm. thing, and the way like Michael Jordan would intimidate, and in, not only with his play, but the way that he would, or that he did, you know, s- trash talk. Totally. But Kobe, one thing that I learned about him was that he knew everyone's name or everyone's sort of moniker. Like I I, I heard Terrence Ross talking first time he met Terrence Ross was at the middle when they were going to uh, do a jump ball. And he, Terrence Ross is a rookie playing for the raps. And Kobe was like, what's up T Ross. Yeah. And it psyched him out so much that he lost the jump. Right. <laughs> and It's like little psych, like, you know, mama like, mentality. That's it. Yeah. Right
2: in his head. Well, that started with Jordan. Jordan would right. pretend he was your friend or, you know, a- any, anything, any even, angle or pretend he, you were his enemy. I mean, he, right any little advantage. And it's not even a, a gamesmanship advantage. It's, it's for their intellect and to motivate them or to drive them. You know, if, if Kobe feels like, yeah, I know Terrence Ross, I'm going to score 40 on him Mm tonight. You know, it's Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, when, when we were kids, we were all playing whatever sports we played. You wanted to beat your best friend. You wanted to beat your brother. And then after the game, you know, maybe like, make a, a joke here or there about it but good natured ribbing good natured it's part, it's part of yeah. the it's part of the thrill of being young boys or girls and playing sports
1: kobe's attention to detail i saw an interview yesterday so jimmy kimmel did an amazing uh piece and the whole show was an hour long as you probably did you see it anybody did, see this no,
2: but i'm not surprised
1: please watch this tonight uh and our listeners please watch this i know that um fallon did an amazing job i didn't see all of it but i caught clips but jimmy fallon i'm sorry jimmy kimmel part of me did an hour long and he just uh kobe bryant was a dear friend to him and everybody on the show there he was on there 15 times and one of the interviews that they talked about was just going back and forth and how good of a person you know in terms of just what he's doing uh for women's basketball with Gigi, and then they brought up you know he said you're like you're so neurotic g Kimmel was saying, and he's like, "Well, what do you mean?" He's like, "I got a little rumor that uh, you read the you were the only basketball player of all time to read the referees' handbook from front to back," and he did. And Kobe's face went sort of blush, <laughs> and uh, he still looked, you know, dapper and handsome as as Mamba does. But he literally was like, "I read it every single page to know exactly where they stand, so I know where to be on the court." And I like Kimball's face was just like blown away. Like it's really super powerful to
2: watch. Yeah, <sighs> My question is how do other guys not do that? Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an edge, it's an advantage and it's really, it's right there for you. It's in a book. Yeah. Like uh, I, I would receive the, the official rules every year. Right. I mean, take that. Did you read it? it. Did you read it? I tried it. There you go. I mean, Mm -hmm. you really got a lot. Yeah.
1: And you do, but is it really dry? It must be dry.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's imagine reading your lawyer's oh, notes God. or whatever. I hate, I mean, I've, I've
1: had to, it's terrible. <laughs> Jeff, how would your attention detail be on reading the dry calls or dry full notes of the NBA official's handbook?
0: Well, at first I'd need to be able to read.
1: Well, and
0: don't be so hard on yourself. I can read bits. You are very good. I'm at used to reading just little bits, little blurbs and read them a few times so I can mess up. Well, do you them notice them? that I
1: highlighted bits for you here today in yeah, the show overview?
2: I, I did. You're welcome. I, I appreciate that. I welcome you know? that is, that is good production. Thank By you. The way, that I, really I do that. I do that on
0: formats. attention to detail. Right. Yeah. And you know what? It's Good. very appreciated.
1: Well, appreciated. I just figured we've got two all-stars here with us today being Jeff Cole and Dan Gladman. So let's bring the news guys. W- let's jump through sort of the, the bulk end of our thing of our, our podcast here today, part of me. And you know, we talked about some really cool moments uh, back and forth all day. I sort of summarized a few and you know, Dan, you've got probably a pretty personal connection to one of them being is, Uh, you know, we can go back and forth all day, but Kobe Bryant's 81 points. Yes. uh, Like we have to talk about that. Were you, were you producing that game? Were you involved? Were you, I I thought so.
2: I wasn't the producer. Uh, Gord Cutler was the producer, an old friend of mine. I was the font. We called the font coordinator. I called the stats producer, but the big thing I was doing that day was operating the score bug. So Uh the, the score bug is the thing that's always on. It's, it's got the score, right? And you, you pop out little information, you know, uh, the the tangerine logo sure. that's on there. Okay, put yeah. it in, hold it for 20 seconds, get it out of there. Uh, how many points does Siakam have? Got it. Well, that night I was that was my job. Wow. And you know, you get to a point like, okay, Bryant, 50 <laughs> points. <laughs> Bryant, 60 points. Yeah. And and now it's like, okay, every time he scores. 65. Oh my Sixty-eight. Something special's 70. happening. Seventy. Yeah. So it was uh pretty incredible to be a part of it that night. And you know, the the Raptors you would have loved to see the Raptors win as I part know. of the, the team organization at that point. But you know, the team wasn't going anywhere that year. They were I think it was the next year that they won the Atlantic division when they right. made some moves. Right. There was
1: a bit of an, a, a slow year and off year that year. Yeah. Well, yeah.
2: they were all off years. At well, that time. well <laughs> at I'm a, that I'm point.
1: a, I'm a, as you probably are too. I was a diehard fan my whole life. So sure. even, yeah. even before the draft year, which I was at booing Damon Stoudemire.
2: Wow. I wanted, I
1: wanted Ed O'Bannon. My dad. Yeah. Jeff knows this. We've uh, never booed at the draft. Well, when I was probably 11 years old, Dan. So when you want Ed O'Bannon cause he's a national champion, and I did like Mighty Mouse, which I would probably get his tattoo, and I have lots of tattoos. I'd get a Mighty Mouse tattoo in a second. But mm-hmm. we talked about this before, our early love for basketball Joe, both Jeff and I off uh, off Mighty. Yeah,
2: it's, it's great. I can tell from here.
1: So we talked about 81. I said, amazing, thank you. I love you being part of the show today because I never, this is special, you sharing that.
2: Yeah, that, it, it was a great night. Jan- I think it was January 22nd, 2006. Almost 14 years to the day of the. The crash oh my yeah you're right wow. so i think it was the 20th you're right you're right i've got my note here yeah that's
1: yeah. uh Horrible. it's eerie Horrible. and you know to, for him to put up 81 and i know the raps were winning at that point they were winning a lot of that ball game
2: uh they were killing weren't they, they, they were, were smashing. winning at halftime right yeah i know that they went into the fourth quarter. I think the Raptors still had the lead at that point. I, I think they lost by 16 or 18 points. Yeah, it was 122 104. Yep, you're right. Stats man's got it, but Good. uh got my notes. Yeah, here. yeah. Like it, it's not like he did the 81 points for show. No, the team needed them to win the to game. win to
1: win everyone. And I'm just looking here. I got a note. He put up 28 of 46 from the field, which yeah, he did a lot of shots, but still he needed every single one of those to win.
2: Oh, a hundred percent that they, they if he didn't score 81 points, yeah. the Raptors, the the Lakers opponent might've won the game.
1: Do you remember when Ron, T- Ron, our test, um, what is it? Meta, meta- world, world peace. Thank you. Normally now, now known as a uh, meta world peace. I was watching him on one of the interviews, just sort of getting some insight and stuff too. And he said like, he couldn't believe Kobe passed the ball or something. He was freaking <laughs> out. I think it was on Kimmel. And he started freaking out. He's like, Kobe passed me the ball. <laughs> and the segment goes on for like five minutes and the whole thing, it's just meta going crazy. Kobe passed me the ball. Next is the let's talk about his uh, fighting through injury. So you guys know the moment when he ruptured his Achilles tendon. Kobe being ruptured his Achilles tendon, and the story is is you know, and it's not a story. It's it's uh, folklore and it happened in history. He went to the line. He got up himself, walked to the line, and sank two really important free throws that he needed to make, and then walked off on his own, like will. You know, if we're just ranking some of the top Kobe moments, that has to be in that for me.
2: I mean, it, it shows you the, the true testament of his basketball character, right? That, you know, he probably knew he had torn his Achilles. Yeah, yeah. you know, but he especially Kobe would know. he was not going to accept that even that could slow him down any anybody else any of the rest of us, first of all, would be on the ground crying, right? Um. Secondly, would not be able to stand up and put even a minimal no. amount of pre- like you would just fall.
1: I've seen if I've seen an Achilles injury actually firsthand playing, just pick up basketball with a buddy. You no chance. Yeah. The guy was down for like a month.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it, crying. It's, it, <laughs> it's, it is such a tiny fragment of, yeah. of your foot. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it has so much importance in our, you know, balance and oh. standing. Right. But you know, he, he played through injuries, his whole career, honestly, they all do. They all do. Right. It, I mean, right. yeah, the Achilles is the extreme end of, of the spectrum yeah. of it, but yeah. yeah, I mean that his, his toughness, his competi his competitiveness and the way he could harness his adrenaline to even get through a moment like that. Again, it just tells you something about the character that he had when he played, he, he had such respect for the game. So he puts up those two free throws. You know, if, if he doesn't shoot the free throws, yeah, and you, one of your teammates does, you're automatically disqualified from the game. Right. So in his mind, he's thinking, I'll shoot the free throws, get to the training table, sure. come back, fix my Achilles come in back, five wow. minutes. I never and even thought about that. That that's why he shot the free right. throws. Right. Not allowing himself to accept that he was gonna be taken, that out. it was torn and that he'd be out for a year. Wow. He's like, Yeah, I can get back in this game. No just
1: worries. put me in, just patch me up, give yeah. me a shot, I'm good to go. Yep. What do you think, Jeff? Would you have a chance? Like, if you tore your Achilles, would you make it to the line? Maybe go two for two.
0: Well, first I'd have to make it into the NBA. Right. Uh, so no.
1: Well, if okay, what about if you could make it into like high school basketball again? Would you? And you blew your Achilles? Would you have the drive and determination, the Mamba mentality, to
0: make it to the line and sink one? Yeah, I think I no. No. Maybe. Well, you know, yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to say yes, but you gotta think more positive about yourself. You need I more think Mamba yes. mentality. You know what? Okay, I'll I'll say once. So if there's. A, two episodes of, of the, of border security, Mm -hmm. or if you listen really close, you can hear my voice completely different because I had lost my voice completely. And I was like, it was really bad. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do this, but I pulled it together. I grabbed some Mamba. (laughs) Right. And I, I did, you did it. You referenced (laughs) it. You got it. There
1: was a, there was a piece going on yesterday. You might've seen it. It was on, uh, all most media outlets going around. And it was when Kobe's final game, he scored 60. And, uh, I think it was, um, Hayward, what's uh, Gordon Hayward. Is it from Utah at the time yeah. before he moved over to, to Boston and in his final, like 15 seconds of the game, Kobe was at the line and he needed two free throws to make 60. So they showed this and they said, this is the brotherhood and what Kobe meant to, you know, his, for, his, his players and his peers. So Kobe makes the first one for 59 and they're walking you through this and actually Hayward steps purposely. So Kobe's about to shoot. Normally you'd never do this as we all know being great basketball stars ourselves, uh, Hayward purposely like two feet steps through the line and Kobe still makes it. And Kobe looks at him and nods knowing that if Kobe missed, it would have been a foot foul foul and he, Kobe would have went oh. back to the line to shoot yeah. 60. Oh,
2: And he, I've never heard that
1: one. He gave like a, he gave like a, a they both give a, a little nod and Hayward sort of gave him one of these and Kobe just gave him the, the mamba stare. It was So that kind of story is just, I guess what he was all about and what his, peers thought of him
2: well especially the the younger peers mm-hmm. the ones who grew up aspiring to be Kobe right. yeah. he was there he was their superstar you know Gordon Hayward probably didn't watch a lot of Jordan right. and if he did he was probably so young he might not remember it that much right um but here's someone who as he was growing up as a teenager in his basketball awareness period in life Kobe Bryant, you just turn on the TV, and he just won again, or hit another game winning shot. And that's who that's who you want to be. And now you find yourself playing against him Mm -hmm. in these in these moments. And, you know, the the people who had issues with Kobe in his early part of his career are the were the guys who were older than him, right? You know, Shaquille O'Neal, big time. So Mm -hmm. the diesel, the ones the ones who came in after him, he was he was their role model the entire time and you you see it you see it in everything that's happening in the league in these 72 hours since the crash happened yeah the entire league looked up to him owes him a debt of gratitude and are just so blown away emotionally by this moment that a lot of them can't even play yeah you know they can't they postponed the Lakers Clippers game Kyrie Irving did not play Mm -hmm. you know DeMar DeRozan was an emotional wreck I mean these players have been so impacted by him and now by this this horrific accident that you know really it's people are suffering because of what has happened
1: yeah no it's really hit home and you know it's, it's transcended down to just regular you know fans casual fans like you know you've been close to it for many years but Jeff and I we are the fan that turns on the TV and it separates us from our daily lives. And it was, you know, just terrible to, to see what happened. And and then hearing the whole story and extent of the, the nine victims and the, all of their families on a lighter positive note, as we wrap this up. So this is an honor having you here in the studio today. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Oh, uh, it's been, it's been awesome. As you know, you know, Jeff and I can talk sports for back and forth to a blue in the face, and especially basketball.
0: I like sports. You do. I thought you were going to start rapping there. I uh, like sports. And I cannot lie. That's true. That's your move, dude. Wow. That's all you. Okay. That's a song. No, nope, right it is. That is. We'll but, pick it up on our musical uh, episode next week.
1: Well, that's all you. Yeah. So, Dan, we got to ask, though, our last question for you before we sign off is, as you produce the 2019 NBA Finals, which is a dream to all of us, obviously, uh, just just walk us through, like, I, I know it must be extremely difficult, but pinpoint your your favorite moment from that entire experience of the magical run of what was the NBA Finals
2: yeah I mean it's it's tough to narrow it down to one um I'll have to say you can
1: give a few then <laughs> give us a few I'll, I'll,
2: I'll have I'll go to game six after they've won um we have finished all the business we need to do in the truck all the interviews um all the hits for for uh was it TSN that night all you know everything for Sports Center and Kate CaperNest was doing interviews in the locker room and we were sending those down the line so that TSN could use them. Um, and we went, I went to the locker room. I just wanted to know and just get it. I, you know, I walked in there for a couple seconds. It, you know, it really smelled of sh- champagne and yeah. sweaty men. Totally. And, uh, you know, I'm in my suit and, you know, I don't get paid what basketball players get paid. So I didn't really want my shoes and my suit to get And sure. So sure. I got out of there pretty quickly. Yeah. But we're there. They do kind of have a receiving line for media, for friends, family. Yeah. So i was waiting out there I, I got a picture with danny green you know the two awesome. danny cheese that was it. that totally. was yeah. but but then paul jones comes up to me and he says yeah they got the they got the larry ob in the raiders locker room doing photos cool and by that point some of the crew members um from the truck were were in the vicinity where i was standing and i said we're going there right now yep. let's go and the, in oakland the basketball arena well the old one oracle yeah, oracle is kind of on the same grounds as the football stadium where the raiders play and you just go through in this case one hallway and there it is in all its glory the golden larry wow. o'brien trophy wow. and they have a big black drape and a couple of professional photographers and it's you know it's there for the players to get their you know Pascal Siakam in the, the right. flag of Cameroon right. holding the trophy. Right. And, uh, Basketball. Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Len- yeah, Kawhi Leonard walks in with you know he's got his his uh, girlfriend and their kid and you know Bill Russell's there and cool. you know you're taking all these pictures and then I kind of realized, you yep. know, we can get in on <laughs> this. Yes, so, sir. You know. So now at my parents' house, they have a picture of me holding the trophy with a cigar in my mouth. As as I've said to people, I've had that picture planned for about 30 years. And then, you know, Kyle Lowry was was being amazing. And uh, I noticed some people jumped in a picture with him. A friend of mine, Paul, who works at the NBA, and I realized he went to Villanova. Kyle went to it's all the Villanova people celebrating the trophy. So they moved out of the way and I got a couple of my TV brothers and we jumped in there and to, so, you know, forever, I now have this photo of Dave leader, Chris Phillips, guys I worked with in the truck myself with Kyle holding the trophy that he just won, you know, an hour later. Wow. That's awesome. So it, that was, And I, I didn't throw in the point that we waited an hour sure. watching all the players sure. make their way through their media, you know, turn. So it was just such an exciting night. I haven't even gotten into the, the post party I bet. and that's,
1: that's, trying that's, to get that's, to the
2: plane the next day. Uh, I,
1: that's going to be for another episode because we got to <laughs> hear that. It's pretty good. Maybe it's we'll do good. it after like St. Patrick's day, a big party segment that we do yeah. on
2: Dine and Dash. That would be a good time.
1: I, you know what? I love that you said it's, it's come full circle, right? It was 30 years in the making you mm-hmm. holding that, the Larry OB. Yep with a cigar, you're, it's at your parents' place. You know, it, it's exactly what sports um, has driven you to be an expert in your field. It's what's driven Kobe to be an expert in his field. You know, Jeff Cole to be an expert in his field. And so handsome that you are. Oh, wow. Me somewhat trying to keep the wheels on this show here today, which has been fun. And, uh, but we've I think, you know, done a great job. we've done it. We've done a good job. It's teamwork. Well, we it's, mamba you guys mentality. are all right.
2: You guys are all right. I like it. We got
1: the pass <laughs> coming from yeah, you. Man. That's a big honor. I will. I Huge. will be
2: listening to this podcast moving forward. Well, thank you. Do you hear that Jeff? 100%. Yeah.
0: I don't know that I'm going to be able to watch or listen to it. I, I got, I got, it's tough to listening
2: do. to yourself. Yeah. A lot of people can't watch, watch themselves. <laughs> oh no, TV. he, he can. Oh, okay.
1: Good. Oh no, no. I you have, have
0: to. to, I have Rep. to, I do literally have to, you love it.
1: With that being said, guys, let's do a little sign off. And I think only, you know, the best way that uh, Kobe would is just a quote by Kobe to sign us off. And again, giving love to the nine victims and all of their families. But Kobe summed it up by saying, you got to do what you love to do. I love telling stories. I love inspiring kids or providing them with tools that are going to help them. I, you know, just like that, I think as his retired NBA player said, when he was leaving the game, thank you, Kobe, it's all you can really say, right? Why don't we take a moment to say, thank you,
2: Kobe. Thank you, Kobe. Thank you, Kobe. Mamba out. Mamba out. Wow. Thank you so much,
1: Dan. You rock. Thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Jeff Cole, you're the best. You're the best. Guys, this is Dine and Dash, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, sharing, liking, and uh, we'll see you next week.